Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning. It's a football Friday. We could have started at 5 a.m. Eastern. When Key walked in, he was hot. We're going to go into the X's and the O's, the nitty-gritty, micro, macro. He's just watching us this morning on ESPN News. Cam turnover saying it's not on Cam. If I would have said the words, Cam ran wild, and you heard the fellas there talking about Cam it. Cam Akers. You'd, you'd almost certainly think it was Cam Newton, but instead, to Jay's point, it was Cam Akers, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. His 171 yards on the ground yesterday, the most for any rookie running back in the National Football League this season. All Rams, all night, they roll 24-3. And the key question now is about the other Cam, and that's Newton and where they go from here and what level of blame Newton does or does not deserve. But the mm. bottom line key is, can you roll forward with this guy? Well, Bill Belichick said that he's a quarterback, so you you can roll forward with him. I, I just, you know, it's it's one of those deals, man. As I'm sitting there watching the game, and I knew what the storyline was going to be today, and I I was dreading coming in because I didn't feel like trying to talk about what happened to the Patriots and what Cam's statistics looked like and what what happened on the interception. Oh my God, he threw a pick six. I didn't feel like having to try to defend, explain to people. <laughs> Shut up, Jay. And I just – What are you laughing? Get mad at I me for I think that you can. There's just something – it's just one of them deals right now for him. It, it's just not right. Like, it's it, it's the best offensive player for the Patriots outside of Cam Newton on that team right now is Jacoby Myers. That says it all. That says it right? all. I mean, it's like – That's your two. Like, seriously. <laughs> and I get it. I, you know, he throws the interception on the screen. And at home, everybody's like, Cam threw an interception. It wasn't Cam that threw the interception. It was Aaron Donald that caused the interception. When Aaron Donald grabbed the running back trying to leak out on the screen, Cam is throwing the ball to the spot where the running back is supposed to be. But you look up, and Aaron Donald, oh, my God, a beautiful defensive play. He sniffed it out. He retraced. He grabbed a guy. The ball's thrown, pick six going the other way. When they go back and they watch the All-22, or, or, or even when they was upstairs in the press box, I can almost guarantee you that the coaches said, oh, Aaron Donald grabbed the back out, which you're supposed to do. Any other defensive lineman would have said, oh, I'm going to get Cam. I got a free rush. No, Aaron Donald saw exactly what was going on. He said, oh, no, you're not. Come here, buddy. And that was it. So – you look at that part of it on the interception side, you go, okay, I get it. Then some of the play selection in the red zone, you know, four straight runs, it was kind of like, Josh, come on, man. You can come up with something more creative than that against the number two defense. So, you know, that's what it is. I, I just, I, uh, I'm sorry for you. you. You still got six minutes. No, I just feel sorry for you. I, whatever, man, I don't care. I, I'm, tired of, I'm tired of trying to fight a battle that I'm not going to win. So your question was, do they have to roll a cam? I mean, yeah, they have to roll a cam by default. Did you see Jarrett Stidham in the pocket in the fourth quarter? I mean, it wasn't any better than cam. Click. It, he turned it off. Yeah, as soon as cam was out the game, I, I, the game was over. Well, Look, need to watch. I, I understand that Cam Newton is a polarizing individual. I understand that the Patriots are a polarizing team. But we saw what they did last weekend to the Chargers, but this is the difference between the Chargers and the Rams, even though they're both in L.A. Right. Yeah. One team is on the on the verge of is Anthony Lynn going to be the head coach next year where the next team is on the verge of being a Super Bowl contender. I, I, I felt like last night was a test for the Rams and Jarrett Goff. 
I went into the game thinking, how is this defense going to stop Cam? How are they going to prove that they're the best defense or one of the best defense in the league? And could Jared Goff be consistent enough to make me think about them being a Super Bowl contender? I walked away from the game last night being like, they could win the Super Bowl. They could win the Super Bowl. You said it before, too, Key. If Goff doesn't Goff it, if he's serviceable. He tried to. He though. tried to one time. But, I mean, their defense, they're going to they're gonna win a chip if they are fortunate enough to win one based off their defense, their running game with Akers, and the way the, those, those pieces, if, if, if he can find those pieces and make them work and Jared Goff can be consistent, they can win it. Even an interception of Miles Bryant, it was a good play by Miles Bryant. Ball was slightly thrown behind the receiver, but Miles Bryant, young kid out of Washington, uh, was activated a couple weeks ago for the Patriots, made a terrific play. He made a good football play. So, you know, I, I, I scratched that interception off of the resume of Jared Goff in that particular football game. He just needs to get the ball out in front of the receiver, and we wouldn't have these issues. He did what he was supposed to do. His numbers aren't gaudy. They were very pedestrian, so to speak, a lot of dinking and dunking. Um, but Cam Akers is really the conversation. Cam Akers made a lot of my buddies that are Ram fans in L.A. forget about Todd Gurley. Rookie second-round pick out of Florida State. The Rams' defense was in the zone last night against Cam Newton. Get in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. A few numbers on just how prolific that defense was. They held the Pats to 62 yards in the second half. They wow. had six sacks for the third straight game. They scored a defensive touchdown. That is really impressive. Six sacks last night. Six sacks. One and a half from Donald. Aaron Donald leads the NFL in sacks. That's probably not much of a surprise. I want to hear from Cam here. You heard from Bill. Cam's my guy. But you got to hear the voice. You got to hear the despondency in the voice here from Cam Newton. And then I'm going to give you one stat about the Pats that's going to blow your mind. One of the greatest stats in modern NFL history that's come to an end. But first, Cam's not history, according to Bill. But Cam's not happy. Coach took you out of the game with a little over 10 minutes left. Are you concerned about not or being benched for next week or anything like that? Uh, I, that's not my call. Uh, I'm just doing what I'm asked. I have to still go into each and every week with the mentality to keep getting better, and that's what I plan on doing. Hear that? That's not my call. Bill making the ultimate call you heard earlier this morning, just a few minutes ago, that Cam's our guy. Zubin, Key? can I ask you a question? Go ahead. And to Key, it just feels like it's over for Cam. Like, he's not going to be as – like, I don't – when I look at Cam, even – how many yards did he throw for in that 45-0 win? 69 yards. 69 yards. Okay. And I know he had one game where he exploded offensively. Seattle. It just doesn't feel like he's going to be a starter in the league after this year. But to nah. Key's point, if the he's weapons – He's not. Like, it just feels like – well, I understand oh, his will. point about the weapons, but – just doesn't feel like he's trending in that direction. Let me ask you this. This is the stat of all stats, and Cam has nothing to really do with this because he didn't build this. Mm -hmm. He unfortunately ended it. Think about this for a second. The Pats had won at least 10 games a year for 17 straight years. Think about how hard that is to do. You know about that better than anybody. For 17 straight years, the Pats had won double-digit games. That streak is over the best they can finish is nine and seven. Can you kind of put that into perspective in the ongoing Brady versus Cam mm. until the end of time here in New England? That streak, and the Patriots have had some great numbers during their run. That streak is a streak of consistency. We only just care about the postseason and what they do because we care about Lombardi's, but the regular season success and the consistency to be that good year in and year out. Yet yeah, I get it, the division's not great, but double digit wins for 17 years in a row and it's over. Well, it, it it was a great run. 
right? I mean, you, you think about some of the great players that they had, whether it was the Teddy Bruskies, the Lloyd Malloys, the Willie McGinnises, the, the Corey Dillons that they got, the Antoine Smiths, the, the, the ter late Terry Glenns, the Ty, I said the Ty Laws, the Rodney Harrisons. You just start to think about the Randy Mosses, the Deion Branches. They, they had players. It wasn't just all Tom. And I think a lot of people get caught up in it was Tom because Tom was the last of the, 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 the players, right? He was the last of everybody. I think everybody was, is gone now. There's nobody left. And so when you look at that, you, you sit there and you go, well, it was all Tom. It was all Tom. It was like, no, man, they had ballers. Like, they literally had ballers. And on top of that, the division was not very good. Not very so good. So they getting wins just on the division just to go like that. But they did win outside the division. That is fair. Be a part of the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. We're asking you right now, Key J and Z, whether the Pats <laughs> should stick with Cam Newton, why or why not. Jay essentially saying it's pretty much over. Bill saying we'll roll with him at least for one more week. Should they stick with Cam? Why or why not? ESPN Nation presented by Dr. Pepper. What it's choices official. do they have? <laughs> college football's back, and Ryan so is your favorite you? Dr. Oh. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you to treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. And surely we could modify the question on whether the NFL is done with Cam. Maybe mm. that's the better question to ask at the moment. 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776, or Key J and Z <laughs> on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you all morning long. <laughs> On the way. Zubin has great posture. The one move that Tom Brady wanted more than anything in Tampa is the one thing that's holding the Bucks back. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It's highly reasonable that the Minnesota Vikings get into the playoffs. You're seeing Jefferson. This kid is lighting it up. Phelan, Rudolph, and then Cook, right? Probably the best pure runner in our game right now. In the seven games since Antonio Brown signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their offense has fallen off a cliff. You know, I know we all wish we were 12-0 at this point. At the end of the year, there's only going to be one team that's happy with the way the season ends. That last voice from Tom Brady. This is a really big game this particular weekend. The Bucks at 7-5 and five will host the Vikings, who are 6-6. Six and six. If you're wondering right now, Tom and company occupying the sixth Friday, spot man. in the oh, NFC. And the Vikings are right there in that coveted last spot at number seven. So you could imagine what the stakes are really going to be for both mm. teams. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Mike Greenberg of Greeny. 
which you can hear every afternoon, of course, here on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. He had a pretty interesting perspective. He said you remove one offensive piece, and certainly not the greatest offensive piece the Bucks have, and the residual effect on Antonio Brown, by the way, the Bucks won in three since they signed A.B., is a little interesting. Take a listen to this rationale. Whoever would have thought with all those names on that team that Scotty Miller's absence would be making this much difference, but it does seem as though it has. And so I'm not sitting here saying Antonio Brown is the problem, but sometimes these things have impact on other things. It is why, for the most part, players play and general managers generally manage. The acquisition of Leonard Fournette hasn't done anything. Gronk has played well. Antonio Brown might actually have created more trouble than he has solved. What do we... Created more trouble? Well, he's not talking about off the field behavior and things like that. What he's talking about is getting a guy, you know, you, you, it, here's what happened. Let me tell you exactly what has taken place. And I understand what Greeny is saying. Scotty, Scotty Miller is not the difference. I'm, I'm sorry, he's not the Marginal difference. Marginal guy. Yeah, I mean, he's a good player, but he's not the difference. What has happened, Jay Will, is you have a Porsche. You have a nice truck, Mercedes-Benz G-Wagon. You have a Bentley. You have a Cadillac truck. And then all of a sudden you decide that you're going to go get a Ferrari. So you neglect all those other cars that you've been driving around in for a while. I mean, you got this Ferrari, you're like, okay, I'm going to now drive this all the time and forget about those other cars that have been getting you to those places. And this is what has happened to the Bucks' offense is they inserted Antonio Brown into the lineup and Byron Leftwich, along with Bruce Arians can't figure out how to drive all the cars. It's too many of them when they've had success with only having one or two cars that they can pull out the garage here and there. Now you got a whole fleet and you trying to figure out what do I do? Who do I use? from week to week, game to game, because I need to satisfy everybody. And this is ha- this happens a lot. And then you say, well, Kansas City has a lot of toys, and New Orleans has a lot of toys, and some other – the Rams got a lot of toys. They know what to do with them, but they all been together. There's all sorts of continuity issues that are going on with mm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Kansas City Chiefs have been together with everything. They've been together. Same, same deal. They've, they've been together. Tom Brady has never had – this many little individual Mike Evans in and out of lineup, Scotty Miller in and out of lineup, Antonio Brown just getting there, uh, Godwin trying to figure out in and out of the lineup. Oh, we just got Leonard Fournette. What do we do with him? What type of player is Leonard Fournette? If I, it, oh, he was this in Jacksonville. Let's see if well, we don't have that same blocking scheme, or we don't have this same option for him that he had in Jacksonville. Well, we got to put Ronald Jones in to touch the ball because we're missing stuff. So when you start to get all of these little pieces. That creates problems for you. So you've got to understand one or two guys are eating at the table, and everybody else gets the scraps. That is how you should do things when you got a new offense with new players around. And Tom Brady's trying to satisfy everybody. It'll be interesting against the Minnesota Vikings, though, coming off a bye if they sat down collectively as a group, and I think they have coaching in Tom Brady and Byron Leffertson to pull out the positive stuff that they can utilize for Gronk, for uh, Mike Evans if he plays, for Antonio Brown, Godwin, and everybody else so they can still win football games. But that is the reason why. That's a, I mean, and plus that Ferrari 
does require some maintenance. All cars require maintenance, but the Ferrari's maintenance is a little bit different. Um, they've also gone through murderer's row. Now, I'm not, not making Absolutely. excuses. I'm not making excuses for Tom Brady and the Bucks here. And, Key, I agree with you. Like, there is something about being together for a set amount of time. But they they got smacked by the Saints. They beat the Panthers. And they had three-point losses to the Rams and the Chiefs. But don't even talk about that as far as the numbers on the points. Think about the defense. They faced the Saints defense, which the is lights defense, out. Yep. The Rams. The so Saints what they defense did to the pass last night. League. You know, the Rams are number two in the league. So when you start running up against that, this is the results. It's as Jay was talking during the breaks, and even when we was uh, uh, coming in, is Antonio Brown is is much like Cam Newton. There's a little bit of polarizing. So the first thing you look to, oh my God. They're one and three since they signed Antonio Brown. Easy stop, to make the numbers man, work. Stop. Don't don't try to make it seem as though because they signed Antonio Brown that they all of a sudden are one and three without giving us all of everything. Much like Jay just said, it wasn't it wasn't like they just played a bunch of cupcakes. It was murderer's row. I do feel like they can't get down early in games. I'm sorry, Zubin, for cutting you off because then they abandon the running game and they become one-dimensional offensively. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Couple points here and then a question for you both. You mentioned uh, it's hard for everybody to eat when obviously you're focusing on one or two guys. Best example of that, you mentioned in the four games since they've signed Antonio Brown, one and three or not. In the four games since they've signed A.B., Scotty Miller, who Mike Greenberg referenced there, has been targeted only five times. Not five catches, five targets well, since the A.B. signing, to buttress your point. The other thing, both for both of you, if you got all these pieces and you're figuring out your wide receivers and your tight ends and trying to get as familiar with all these other guys as he is with Gronk and Leonard Fournette, considering who he is, yes, they're seven and five, but is it enough time to figure it all out before the playoffs begin. If they if they lose this football game, though, to the Minnesota Vikings, I'm pretty much saying that they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They'd be toast. Okay. The sixth seed, and then they drop down. It's not about – they're going – it's not about chasing the Saints and winning the division because that's a wrap. That's out. That's out. So now you are, are in a kind of – in this weird space with the NFC West – in this weird space with Minnesota, who has now beaten you, to try to get to the playoffs, you know? It'll be interesting to see what happens, especially because if they can turn it around, and Tom Brady's history in the playoffs, there are many people that believe that for him it's always been about the postseason. Just let their offense get hot. If that moment happens, Key, where their offense gets hot and their their defense starts to actually come together – if they make the playoffs, they're still a dangerous team. Right. I mean, who deserves the benefit of the doubt in the NFL right now more than Tom Brady based on past performance? But I realize it's not about past performance that wins you playoff games. It's about the here and now. What have you done for me lately? No doubt about it. Still to come, plenty of teams teetering for a playoff berth like Minnesota, like Tampa Bay. But Jay's got one team who he thinks really might be ready to crumble. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. 
Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. He ran 12-yard line. Play action, screen right. It's intercepted. Kenny Young down the left side. He hits midfield. Needs a block. Young to the inside. Now back to the outside. 20, 10, 5. Touchdown, L.A. On the first play of the second quarter, Kenny Young takes it to the house. Key was telling us to watch out for that. If you could watch that later on your phone to see exactly how that pick six occurred, not on cam, but the presence of Aaron Donald doing it. The Rams had all the presence last night. The Pats are still searching for theirs. 24-3, Los Angeles on ESPN LA, 7-10, third straight game the Rams have had. A defensive score. You hear all about McVay and company, and Cam Akers was great last night, but they are complete on both sides of the football. Kyrie Irving and the Nets have both been fined $25,000 apiece for refusing to speak with the media. Irving's kind of going into this mode where he says he's not going to talk to the media all season long. $33 million. <laughs> That's true. That's true, but I'm sure the league would like one of their great superstars to be talking to a fan base that has the lowest television ratings in the NBA. Drum up a little support and let's talk a little bit. And then Duke canceling the rest of their non-conference slate. Not that it was huge. They won't play December 19th against Gardner-Webb. And one college basketball coach is laying the wood to Coach K. We'll talk about that in 13 minutes. Sports Center is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look. We all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. A stunner in Seattle. The Giants have won four in a row. What exactly went wrong for the Seahawks today? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that went wrong. First of all, I don't think they showed up. Defensively, they really couldn't stop them. Too much sauce. So that was Sunday. And really one of the more surprising results of the NFL season. Sure, the Giants have been playing better football, but it still is Seattle. The Giants got out of town with a win and remain in pole position in the NFC East. But Jay is our resident Giant fan. Welcome back. Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. You're a resident Giant fan, so you obviously are going to be 
glass half full with the team after that one and seven start that Key said would turn around and has. But and you disrespected us. You said we had no chance. <laughs> and now look what position we're in, Zubin. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. It is truly a remarkable turnaround. Zero and five, one and seven to maybe hosting a playoff game. So you've been a ride or die Giants fan your whole life, but. If you ride on down the schedule right now, you're kind of a little antsy at this moment, aren't you? Well, I, I know that we got the win in Seattle. Don't know what Russell Wilson was doing that game, but our defense came to play. Goldman was incredible. Colt McCoy was serviceable. Daniel Jones coming back. You know, you question that hamstring injury. How will he be? But I just – I look at the schedule. Having the Cardinals come in town. Then you play a Browns team that is playing really well right now. A Ravens team at Baltimore that has their back against the wall trying to make the playoffs – then the Cowboys, you know, you hope that they can go two and two in this scenario. I just I get worried about look, there's no wild card opportunity for the Giants. It's gonna be the winner of the NFC East, and the Washington football team is just playing great football right now. They're playing really good football, and their schedule is easier on the back end at the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Panthers, and the Eagles. You're hoping that both teams can go two and two. I just I don't know if I trust in the Giants down the stretch. Um, I want us to make the playoffs. We talked about this yesterday. I just I'm afraid of how good, how good the Washington football team is playing. So right interesting. Now. The FPI chance to win has given the Giants a 49 percent chance to win against Cleveland, but only a 39 percent chance to win against the Cardinals. Seems odd, doesn't it? The Cardinals they're, they're, have lost four or five. Yeah, Browns are on traveling and the weather and. The, it's so, it's well, so you, weird. Now you wonder how the Browns will respond coming up their game against the Ravens. I think they play the Ravens this weekend, right? They do, Monday on Monday, ESPN. Monday on, okay, so how will they respond off that short week? I don't know. It'll be interesting. It, it, uh, the Giants, to me, only need to win one of the one game, right? Six wins should be able to be enough for that division. You don't, you don't think the Washington football team gets two wins out of the 49ers, Seahawks, Panthers, and Eagles? If the Giants, that, that's what I get worried about, right? Seahawks, They're both five and seven. Panthers, Eagles. They'll Giants get the Panthers. The Panthers game will be an emotional game. So the Ron Rivera coaching against his old team. Yeah, that that'll be an emotional game. Seattle needs to win to try to win the division and stay somewhere in the wild card hunt. Obviously, um, I don't know. I don't. That's know. what I'm saying. It's going to come down. But to the but wire the there. Giants have the tiebreaker. If they were to tie out. If they were to tie out, the Giants have the tiebreaker over them because they beat the Washington football team twice. And you don't even have to worry about the tieout. Right now, it's a game in hand. The yes. Giants should be operating like they have a one-game lead, right? That, that's the way they should they be operating. They should be operating they that way, be. but for whatever reason that they stubbed their toe along the way, they always got that in their back pocket. And then when you look at teams that are somewhat I'm worried about down the stretch, I think, you know, when I looked at it, I, depending on what New England did last night, which – Obviously, they did nothing. Uh, I was going to say that it would be the Dolphins that would have to look over their shoulders, but I feel like the Colts at 8-4, and four, you know, because of Tennessee, I think the Colts has – you know, the Colts are going up against the Dolphins, the Raiders, uh, Tennessee to try to win the division, but if they for some reason lose to the Raiders, now they're in a wild-card spot. They're thinking – they're thinking division, but then at some point they're going to have to start to think about being in a, a wild card spot because they lose to the Raiders. And I'm not so bullish on them, although the quarterback, Phillip Rivers, has turned things around slightly in not turning the football over at alarming rates or making you feel that way. But at some point in time, he could become Phillip Rivers. The pumpkin will go back to something at some point in time.
Now, that game is going to be in Las Vegas on Sunday. And one thing to mention, Key, and this is always something you want to bring up because it's the Raider audience, and you always have mentioned how they have the worldwide fan base. You mentioned the Colts, but this is a giant game for the Raiders because much like this Bucks vikings game, these two teams are right next to each other in the standings. It's a little bit different here. The Colts are hanging on, hanging on to that seventh playoff spot, that seventh and final playoff spot in the AFC. This year we're going seven in each conference, and the Raiders are right behind them in the eighth spot at seven and five. So this is a critical game for the Colts, as you mentioned, whether they're division dreaming with Tennessee or just trying to hang on, but... This is a big game for John Gruden, too. Huge game. Should have lost three in a row. It is. They they took care of business last year against the Colts in in, in Indianapolis, and that was kind of like a turning point for them, and then they went back to being the Raiders, right? (laughs) I mean, and so – when you look at it, the Raiders are not catching Kansas City within the division. They're not going to catch them. So their only hope to make it a playoffs is a wild card where Indianapolis can still win the division uh, if something were to go south with Tennessee. And I just feel like I yeah. trust the Colts' defense, and the Raiders haven't been playing good football at all. I mean, they lost to the, to the Chiefs in that game that they lost to the Falcons. It was just – I mean, 43-6 was – yeah, they Damn, didn't, they didn't play good. Right, and then against the Jets, I mean the Jets, <laughs> the Jets gave them the greatest gift of all time with that last play. I just, I, I don't know if I trust their offense going into that game against the Colts. Well, they've defense. been a. Both of these teams have been Jekyll and Hyde for the most part throughout the entire season. They both have, and I and the Raiders are at home, much like you mentioned. The interesting thing about it is they play against a team, uh, or better yet, they're going. Philip Rivers is going to play against a team that's very familiar with his. Uh, you know, uh, tenure with the Chargers, whether it was in San Diego or whether it was in Los Angeles. So there's some familiarity with him at the quarterback spot. Uh, they beat up on the Indianapolis Colts, although he wasn't the quarterback for him last year when they went to Indy and won that football game. So, you know, it'll, it's not the same because of the pandemic. It won't be crazy in Raider country in Las Vegas. But at the same time, you are on the road. You are in an unfamiliar territory and environment. And this game will be one of the nice ones on the slate. We should mention that at the Chiefs, and this is obvious to Key's point, that they're going to run away with the division. If they win any of their remaining games, and I think it's pretty fair they could win all of their remaining games, but if they win any of their remaining games, the AFC West is theirs. The interesting dichotomy here, this is interesting, Key and Jay. Think about this. Right now, Tennessee and Indy are both 8-4 and four football teams. They split their regular season series, each team winning on the other team's home field. But because of the way it works out, and Key makes a great point about where the Colts are at this point, the Titans sit there right now in the four spot, so they would be the division leader right now. They would host a playoff game. And having the very same record of the Colts, and they split the regular season series, but despite that, and having the same record as Tennessee, they sit at seven, and they are teetering. And that's why I think the Colts, this is as critical for the Colts as anyone mm-hmm. else. I mean, they have the exact yeah. same resume as Tennessee, but they need a telescope to see them in the AFC standings. Well, that's why, that's why from, from my standpoint, from last night to today, it changed significantly once New England lost that football game, which was like in the first quarter. But uh, <laughs> I started to think more about Indy and less about Miami in this situation because the Colts are now – I mean, the, the Pats are now gone. Terrific. Miami yep. could just play and, and, and get a spot – um, but Indy is, because of the Raiders situation, will be scratching and clawing. Let's talk a little bit more about that other game in the NFC that has sort of that Raider-Colt appeal, and that is the Bucks and the Vikings. This is a critical game, obviously, 
for Tom Brady. It's a critical game for Minnesota. There's been so much discussed from Tom Brady's side, but again, when you look at the Kirk Cousins money and you look at the expectations and you look at their coming off their first playoff win of the Cousins era, it would be such a downer. I mean, Minnesota fans, I guess, are used to it. We signed this guy. He was the best free agent quarterback in that year's class. We try to do what we can. We're not making the playoffs. But We're getting he? there. Uh, the they most had coveted. A guy, coveted. Yeah. Let's go coveted. Yeah, okay, go coveted. Because I was going to say they had a guy named Case Keenum right. that they could have just re-signed and probably been in the same position they've been in the last three years. Right. Instead, mm-hmm. they paid this guy five times as much, and essentially, in some ways, he hasn't had one season like Keenum had a few years ago when they were one of the best teams in the NFC. From Kirk's perspective, is it a sort of ride-or-die game for him just because, again, when you're making that money, it's all guaranteed, and you just have one win to show for it through two mega contract it's one and a half he completed one he's now in another mega contract one playoff win uh, it, it, every every single game is that way for him though right I mean it feels it just, like it doesn't it? Yeah. Like, it it is I mean he, he went through the streak of not being able to win on prime time in prime time games which right. are you know Thursday night Sunday night Monday night type games he's struggled doing that he finally got like one of those yep. underneath his belt and so when you look at it I understand the money that they paid him, that starting quarterback money in the National Football League, and some would argue elite starting quarterback money in the National Football League, and he's yet to do the elite side of things. I picked them to win the division because I thought some of the moves that they made in the draft as well as in the offseason, it would certainly push them over the top for the lack of moves that the Green Bay Packers made or or even Chicago Bears for that matter. Um, But it hasn't – they've been a team that has started late. They got off to a late start, and they've kind of turned things around with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, a rookie out of LSU, and Thielen and Rudolph are there mm-hmm. doing some things on the offensive side of the ball, the play-action pass game. Gary Kubiak is starting to get a feel for it. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they can score some points, run the football on a, on a Buccaneers defense that has been struggling. That's the important part about what they need to do to be able to have Kirk Cousins have a successful game pushing the ball down the field. I also think getting out to an early lead, forcing Tampa Bay to throw the ball a ton, is obviously what's been leading to the demise of the Bucks. No doubt. They have gone from 1-5, Key said the slow start, from 1-5 to 6-6. Six six. So for all the criticism that Cousins gets, that certainly is in his corner. And you're right, they snapped that Monday night streak. Kirk had never went under the lights on a Monday night. But they faced the Bears, and he got that one off his back. Sunday night football is going to be huge this week. Yeah, it stinks. It's been a while since we lost a game. Washington has knocked off the last unbeaten in the NFL. We're faced with a loss now, so we get an opportunity to smile in the face of it. It's been fun to watch Josh grow as a leader on our football team. Touchdown, Bills! Are you kidding me? We don't want anything to take our focus away from the task at hand, and that is winning the division. I'd like to consider us a great team. We'll just have to see how we react slash bounce back. Man, after so many years of having the Pats dominate the division, you just heard from Josh Allen there, it certainly seems like they're about to take the crown in the AFC East for the first time in more than a decade. Everybody's going to be looking up, it appears, at the Buffalo Bills. It's a huge game. It's on Sunday night football. It's a short week for both teams. Remember, both of these teams played on Monday night football just a handful of days ago. 
ESPN NFL insider Diana Rossini will be covering the game Sunday night, and she joins us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Diana, I want to start with Josh Allen. I think we know the consistency of Ben Roethlisberger over 17 years, but a lot of people are wondering, what does your reporting and the people you talk to say about why Josh Allen seems so much more of a crisp, complete quarterback this year versus at this time a year ago? A lot of credit to Josh Allen and what he was working on in the offseason. You know, when you talk to Steelers defenders about what stands out, they say he's just seen the field so much better. And, guys, we could all see it from our couches probably on Monday night when they played San Francisco. I mean, it looked like we were watching an Aaron Rodgers type, a Russell Wilson type of quarterback out there with how crisp he was, how productive he was. And, you know, offensive coordinator Brian Dable even said after the game, he just was locked in, which then affected the play calling, which is why he was able to orchestrate what he did and, and why it was probably one of the best games that we've seen Josh Allen play in the NFL. You know, and guys, we, we know this team, they love to throw the ball. They have, you know, no qualms about doing it. They lead the league uh, on passes on first down. And, you know, getting the weapons became a really important part of his success. You know, obviously getting Stefan Diggs, getting that trade to join this team has been tremendous. It's opened up other opportunities for Cole Beasley. So in terms of the mindset of the Steelers going into this game, I'm sensing significant concern. But one part of it is because the Steelers really are on a short week here and they're coming off. You know, I think it's three games in 12 days, right? So they have that working against them. They now got that undefeated record sort of off their shoulders. But now coming into this game, this is a team that's very similar, guys. Neither likes to run the ball. We're going to see a lot of passing in this game. And I do think that the matchup of these receivers for the Bills with the Steelers secondary can be could be a really big challenge for them. All guests join us via the Shell Pinzall Performance Line. Diana, Brandon Beam, general manager of the Buffalo Bills, just signed his extension, so clearly the Bills are happy with him and some of the moves that he's made. How important was it for him to go out and get Stephon Diggs so that he can grow and teach Josh Allen how to be a quarterback? That, that was probably one of the most significant moves that he has made. But let's not forget, so Sean McDermott joined the team in 2017 as the head coach. They didn't hire a GM until after the draft. That's when he went and grabbed Brandon Bean. So now skip forward to the next draft, head coach, GM together, and the first pick that Brandon Bean makes is Josh Allen. He trades up to get him. And, you know, he took that risk. If you guys remember during that draft, he was criticized for Mm -hmm. that. We had our own analyst on the air saying, what are, they, what are they thinking? This is a, a zero-star recruit out of JUCO who went to Wyoming. This isn't uh, a quarterback that could really turn into what we've seen now. So the fact that he was right on this is, is huge. And, and really, he, he hit it out of the park with, with getting digs, taking that chance of trading out for a first-rounder to get him. And we saw the production that Diggs had in Minnesota. But in terms of where he's at, his comfort, his overall happiness, because, guys, you know, you've seen Diggs enough on TV. You've seen him in press conferences. You know he's an emotional guy. He's a receiver. He, you know that. Man. So, <laughs> you, you, you know, he, so he's in a good place. Anytime I talk to Stefan, he's like a different person 
than he was when, when I used to talk to him in Minnesota. So the fact that this is all coming together and being orchestrated by an offensive quarter like Brian Dable, who's had so much success with this team and, and has done a really good job play calling, um, th- guys, this works. Th- this is a team that is just going to keep improving, which is what we're seeing over the last few weeks. Diana, we only have 30 seconds here. How, mu- uh, how, how do you expect the Steelers to respond to their first loss? I think they're going. I think Mike Tomlin's going to do what Mike Tomlin does best, which is he's going to figure out a way to motivate them. Um, I don't sense that they're panicked after their performance. We know everyone's been talking about the obvious storylines about all the receivers dropping the ball, Ben having to be better. I think that this is going to be a really close game because the Steelers they, they want to prove that that they're better than what they showed against the Washington football team. And I I think we can all argue that the Steelers are better, a lot better than Washington is. So I I assume that they're just going to come back and and they're going to respond and play real tough, real hard up in Buffalo. Ooh, she hit it right on time. 27 seconds. Oh, right on the 30. Right on the 30. Done. All right, well done. They call me a professional, guys. I know you think I'm a joke, but I am a pro. (laughs) And we thought those 30 seconds only counted on Sunday NFL Countdown. That's an inside TV joke that Diana surely will appreciate. Safe travels to Orchard (laughs) Park, Diana. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Have an awesome weekend. You too. Quick last note. Quick. Bills won their first Monday night game this century over on Monday when they knocked off the Niners. Now they'll look for a win on the biggest stage in football, frankly, a place they haven't been very much over the last few years, Sunday night. Let's go from A to Z. And from A to Z is brought to you by Redbox. Later this morning, we'll have our Redbox smart picks in sports and movies. Redbox's new movies at the box and streaming on demand. Don't miss Fat Man starring Mel Gibson. Visit redbox.com for all the ways to watch. Coach K speaks, everybody listens. Not a lot of people respond. Unless you're Alabama basketball coach Nate Oates. Duke had previously said our games against Charleston Southern, Elon, non-conference games won't be rescheduled. I'm sure you've seen, if you're a college basketball fan, how much they have struggled against quality programs, of course, like Michigan State and Illinois. But Coach Oates wanted to let Coach K know. Remember, Coach K has said, why are we playing right now? He's questioning the reasoning for playing right now with everything swirling. Coach Oates said, if a couple of those L's were a couple of W's, I'm not sure Coach K would be talking like this. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? Probably not. Okay. That's, I just wanted you to say it, not me. So here's, here's my deal on it. I think we'd have a whole lot more problems if we weren't playing games. We should be playing, in my opinion. We 100% should be playing basketball. Jay, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> I mean, look, nobody's talking about Alabama basketball. Uh, now they are. So respect to, to Nate Oates for that, you know, keeping his program relevant. The, the reality of the matter is 177 games have been canceled. Um, I'm in favor of playing through the season. I, I think it is going to continue to grow as a challenge as we get deeper, deeper into the winter. But, look, the, the, I agree with Coach K, but I think the timing was just challenging, right? It, it comes after a loss. Uh, then he says that. He, I think he's right, but I think the timing of it is what makes it tough and is what allows people to become critical. I agree with Jay. But, Key, to your point, you have always said, and on a more serious note, and obviously Jay, you know, Jay has the relationship with Coach K, uh, but on a more serious note, you've always said we shouldn't be playing college football since day one. So would you extrapolate that thinking to say we shouldn't be playing college basketball since well, day the one? Well, the, the, the fact that they've already been playing college football and it leads, it bleeds right into college basketball, it is what it is. I mean, if you play the football, 
Now, what you gonna do? Just not play basketball? But the only thing is that the it's, number, it's the numbers now, like you can, the you numbers can now, the numbers now are skyrocketed. And it's an indoor sport. Indoor sport, exactly. I get all of that, but you did play football. And but but it's weird. You see places like KU, they're allowing fans in the stadium. So you're like, I mean, even their game against Creighton, the kid misses the free throw at the end. The moms has no mask on. It's, it's a lot of this stuff. I mean, just wear your damn mask, man. <laughs> it's just it's where we get are. It. It's where we are. I don't get it, though. Just put on the mask. Big business, man. Big business. We can all get behind that, certainly. I think everybody can agree on that, or almost everybody, at least. On the way, Jared Goff, three points the last time they saw the Pats in the Super Bowl. Yesterday, it was the Pats that put three on the board. Super Bowl next. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.